passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the long and winding road road. Uh, the first episode of uh, 2024. Uh, we're, we're heading into year four, everyone. And what? This is actually, yes, this is year four of this. I can't believe it either. You're kidding me. Four years at the whole Olympic cycle. That's right. And then... Um, How long is this road? This Where's road is... Uh, well, it's it's not this year, I don't think. I think we still have a quite a lot of stops to go on but overall it's episode 40 of of the show and uh i thought you know what a what a what a way to kick off um 2024 year four uh, of of this show that to have a first timer on long time listener first time caller so to speak and and that's of course one of the uh the head honchos here at post wrestling and that's that's my good friend waiting and uh, here is with all the with all the technical expertise, uh, adding some uh, banners down here below. If you're watching it on the YouTube, and I, I do not know why you would not be watching this on the YouTube, do you know? Way, thank you once again for thanks for coming on to the show. I, I appreciate you accepting the invite. Oh, you had to, uh, you know, drag me over here. I mean, this is so. As some of you know, I like. Um, I I guess I am somewhat responsible for you know, like making the graphics every single week, uh, month for for Long and Winding Royal Road and for publishing the shows. Um, but this is like a show that I I did not want to jump on, you know, um, really that willingly. And it's not because I don't like the material nor um dislike you, WH, for any oh, reason. Not. It's because I've I've I felt like stress almost, you know, because this to me is the show that um uh, is 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 for the real hardcores, the people with the most um sort of um in depth knowledge about this stuff, and I like to be quite honest, like I know a lot about maybe the the actual performers themselves, but I like a lot of the the sort of inner workings of I guess the storylines are real blind spots to me when it comes to uh, Alter Pan Pro Wrestling in the 90s. So I guess I just, uh, I don't know. I didn't, I don't know if I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm good enough to, to, to no, do this WH. No, no, no. You're it. See, but we want the people who aren't also, you know, versed in the lore or the, you know, the, the, the continuity of everything to come on along with the experts, because I, I want people to, who feel like, Oh, that's, that shows too, dense for me to jump into no, no no it's not because we we want people who you know are ca- are casuals to not only watch and listen to it uh you know at here at postwrestling.com but also like to, to, to participate on the show itself and so you know i've had numerous people who aren't you know hardcore 
all Japan fans of, of you know all hardcore fans of the King's Road style to to come on and and they they have acquitted themselves well and I have every confidence way that you will you will you will acquit yourself very well on the show um, but also you know selfishly like we don't podcast so much together uh, regularly anymore because of your you you know you you're you're so busy with everything else that you, you don't do MCU later regularly and that's with me and Rich Fan these days and it's a great. He's a great partner to have on that show, but I thought I I, I would like to do something with Wei. Maybe he will ex- graciously accept a guest spot here on uh, the first episode of 2024. I I, I do miss uh, podcasting with you on a, on a more regular basis with MCU later, and you could really blame my 17 um, month old for that. It's it's entirely his fault that. Um, no, no, no. I I'm can't blame young Oscar for anything. He's so cute. Uh, and I can't uh, wait to come by and uh, hang out with with you guys uh, and play with him a bit more in the playpen. WH is really a fantastic like um, playmate for little like um, I don't know to- toddlers. Um, you know he's he's great with kids. So um, anytime, uh, maybe maybe he'll, I'll I'll get him to jump in to to review this uh, the next edition <laughs> of uh, sure. Sounds great. Yeah. I, I would look forward to it. What is a seventeen-month-old take <laughs> on um, the 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 history of Masao versus Kawada? There you go. Um, mm-hmm. Or maybe we just show him the burning hammer and, and just say, "Oscar, you you want to take one of these one day?" Maybe he'll say <laughs> no. Maybe he'll say no. Probably say they're no. incredibly limber. You, you you'd be surprised that <laughs> wow. he he probably burning hammers himself on a daily basis as he's <laughs> learning to walk. Well, you've got the uh, the baby monitors all over the house, so you can uh, re- review the footage if he and send it to me if if that ever does happen. Okay, sure. But we'll do. anyways, today we're we're gonna look at uh, as as Wade mentioned, uh, he kind of uh, kind of previewed the the match we're gonna talk about. We're gonna look at a match between uh, Mitsuhara Masawa, the ace of All Japan for Wrestling, and his uh, former tag team partner and eternal rival Toshiaki. Kawada, we're going to go to 1995. We're going to go to specifically April 6, 1995. This is a match from the 1995 edition of the Champion Carnival Tournament, the the most prestigious tournament in, in all Japan. It's also one of the most prestigious tournaments in the history of all of professional wrestling. Uh, not so much these days. That's That would be the G1. But, you know, I would say back in the 90s, it, it was equal uh, and sometimes superior in some years to to the G1 back in the day, but uh, but we're gonna look at 1995 and 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 uh, before we get to the kind of the backstory here, wait, what what is your what is your history with like these guys in particular, their feud and all Japan as a style overall? So as I mentioned, WH, you know, I have um like I I guess I have like a pretty decent familiarity with all the participants um. And in particular, I think um, just like their move sets, um, I guess maybe mm, uh, I don't know signature signature traits about maybe their, their stories. Um, as I got into a lot of these matches, I think um, maybe when I was um, well, like in the early two thousands, when I first discovered like online downloading and these sort of like news groups and things like that. Um, but I never really had that guide to really piece everything together like even back then um it would just be loose matches that i would just be fine here and there and then you i wouldn't be able to really enjoy them beyond i think just just like uh admiring the sort of technical uh, ability 
And that alone is really cool. Um, and maybe say what you will about like how I might feel about those things now, but like I suppose like learning about these like crazy head dropping moves was part of the appeal as a younger fan without any sort of other knowledge of like anything else that was going on. Um, maybe on a more personal level to WH, um, it, it, it's the also the idea that like, um. I was I grew up as a WWF fan as as maybe um you might have you know when you just started off um and like I I grew up as a fan of a lot of media that mm, didn't really have people that looked like us uh, as a, as a part of it and so to learn that there was like this sort of like section of the world that was creating some of the best wrestling and most highly regarded you know um sort of like examples of its field that i was hearing people talk about um i that really excited me and so when i when i discovered you know like either um um uh the the sort of new japan you know um juniors uh, divisions or like the heavyweights of all japan pro wrestling and and i knew that like um experts in this field all over the world were respecting and admiring them um that part w- was a big attachment to me too so i downloaded as much as i could and i would watch the matches but i wouldn't necessarily like especially with this rivalry there's so many nuances that i think require knowledge of what was going on beyond just what you're watching um out of context so I can't really say I've ever ever fully like been able to sit down, go like match by match by match and be able to fully absorb the story. Um, but I do have a lot of familiarity with everything that's that's going on. And then of course, you know, my work with uh Pro Wrestling Noah with um at the Fight Network producing those those shows as well, um, brought me maybe that much, you know, closer to at least the post all Japan careers of, of these guys. Well, I mean, so you're being disingenuous early when you're saying, like, you're not qualified to be on this show. Come on, Wade. You, you're totally qualified to be on this show. I, but, listen, uh, I'm, not, I'm no Eddie Kingston. Um, but, who is? Um, who is? Really? Mm-mm. Yeah, not many. I'm not, I'm not Tom Lawler, but, you know, like, you know. Yeah. But we do our best. And, and hopefully uh, both those gentlemen will be on, on a future episode in, mm-hmm. in, in, in the future of, of this show. Before, before we get to the end of the road, I'm hoping both of them will come back one day. Um, but let, let's talk about Masawa versus Kawada. So briefly, for those of you who don't know, uh, Mitsuhara Masawa and Toshiaki Kawada pretty much started off in All Japan about the same time. Masawa was a year ahead of Kawada. In fact, so they, they, were, they were schoolmates, and, and he convinced Kawada to come join the All Japan Dojo. Even though Kawada wanted to join New Japan for Wrestling, he said, no, come come to All Japan. It's awesome here. I love it here. He did. He joined him. And then they would be, you know, like kind of rivals as, as young boys in the dojo system and on shows when they were starting on the careers, they would both go on their excursions. Masao would come back before Kawada and uh, pretty soon they would start teaming together and, and, and then team up with Kenneth Kobashi and Siyoshi Kikuchi to, to, to form the Super Generation Army and famously have their big feud with uh, with Jumbo Suruta and his his army, the Suruta Gun. Uh, and they were an awesome tag team, Misawa and Kawada. So many great tag team matches with Suruta and Akira Tawe with Dr. Dusty Williams and Terry Gordy, Stan Hansen, Danny Spivey, and, and a host of other great tag teams in the All Japan uh, tag division at the time. But then, you know, there was time where, where you know, like Giant Baba decided, like, 
you know, Jumbo's Jumbo's getting his health isn't great. He's getting older. I need to retire him. But who's going to be our our rival for for Masao? And he decided, well, who better than Masao's tag team partner and longtime friend Toshiaki Kawada? So they split up. Kawada would form uh, his own unit called the Holy Demon Army with Akira Tawe and a couple of other people. But uh, and then they would have a series of classic tag matches, six man matches, um, and singles matches, of course. And this is one of them. This is um, an interesting point in the history of this rivalry in 1995, and particularly for for Kawada Way, because um, if you look at the Kawada's uh, singles matches at this time, he so in a, about a month earlier, he was actually the Triple Crown champion. He never he didn't beat Masao for that. He beats Dr. Dusty Williams for that title, who was the guy who ended Masawa's first reign. So it, it's that that's a big element of this is that elusive singles win for, for Kawada or any kind of win over Masawa at the time. So you know Kawada that, lost that was his story. So that was his story. And he, he's yet to finish it. He has yet to finish it at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, earlier, so we're looking at April 6th. On March 4th, he lost the Triple Crown to to Stan Hansen. And then, um, so he's going into this match with like, uh, he's a bit down, obviously. So he needs a big win. So he, he wants to win the tra- Champion Carnival. Then that would mean he would get a, a title shot at uh, Stan Hansen and possibly regain the Triple Crown from him. That doesn't happen. We'll talk about the aftermath. But who does win the 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 actually entire char- champion carnival is, is actually Masao, and he does actually get his title shot. He will win the title from Stan Hansen. I'll get a bit more details about that uh, at the end of the the match review. But um, what's interesting is is that you know this is about a two two month uh, two months earlier than what we're gonna see than what we're going to see would become one of the greatest regarded tag matches of all time. And that would be Misawa and Kenakobashi taking on a Kawada and Tawe on June 9th, 1995, nine, six, nine 95 as is, is famously known as. And, and this is where Kawada does actually uh, get his first ever win, <laughs> direct win over, over Mitsuhara Misawa. He, he pins him in that match. So a bit of a spoiler, he doesn't pin him in this match that we're going to talk about, but, but it's, it's still a great and interesting match to talk about because of the circumstances at the beginning of this match, which we'll get into, but, um, so this, also, so correct me if I'm wrong. This is sort of one of those matches. I mean, it doesn't necessarily get brought up in the, in the big sort of a conversation of like, you know, star rating system, breaking matches. I don't even know if Dave have, has rated this one in particular. I think he has, cause it is available like it would be available on television. It is rated on cage match. I, I think okay. it's like in, in the, like the seven to eight range um, for a variety of reasons, which we'll talk about, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's a, it's a really fascinating match because of how they have to kind of go on the fly in this match and, and kind mm-hmm. of deviate from what you would imagine would be their, their, what they would, they were thinking of doing in the match. Um, and we'll talk about why uh, it is. We should mention the first singles match, uh, that Masao and Kawhi have against each other since June 3rd, 1994, which is considered their, their greatest match uh, t- against each other. And this is the the famous match that Masawa ends by hitting Kawada with the Tiger Driver 91. And uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty, if you ever see footage of that, of him taking that move, it's, you, you, you pretty much would, wouldn't be, 
you know, uh, wouldn't be shocked if like, you know, like if Kawada said, oh, yeah, my neck hurt for like, you know, seven months after taking this move. But he 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 did. OK, he he survived taking this mat, this this move. And um, yeah. And one one final note before we get into actually talking about the, the the rest of the card is going into this match, Misawa is actually one half of the World Tag Team Champions with with Kenneth Kobashi, which plays into later a couple of months later in the June 9th uh, match mm-hmm. with, against uh, the Holy Demon Army. But uh, let's talk about the Champion Carnival way. It's this particular show is is emanating from the Okayama Budokan. Uh, not in Tokyo. The attendance is about 3,200 people. I would imagine it's a sellout because when they announced the main event of this would be Misawa versus Kawada as a singles match, I'm sure tickets flew off the shelves. People were waiting in lines outside the box office. Or I don't know if things like Ticket Pia or, or like going to 7-Eleven to buy tickets was a thing at that time. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can. And it, this sounds like a very full crowd if you do, watch do you know what the attendance uh what capacity might capacity might have been for this building i i would imagine it sold out like i because i i don't oh, a lot of buildings outside of tokyo don't hold like you know twelve thousand, sixteen thousand, like like budokan would mm-hmm. or or what i do not know the the full attendance of this show for like this building for wrestling but this is the height of like all japan's popularity across the country um so I, i'm going to assume that it, it was a it was a sellout for well it show. sounded incredible is what i meant um to really specifically ask like you and i don't know if it's just because of like the audio quality of either the transfer or the audio tape or maybe the quality of maybe the recording at the time but like they make this what looks to be i'm gonna estimate i don't know like a building in the low thousands sound like it's it's a stadium um so and me i'm sure the the match you know, contributed to that as well. Oh, for sure. For sure. It, it's it's not common that you would get a singles match of this magnitude outside of Tokyo. And for them to get, and for the fans of Okayama to get it for something as important as the Champion Carnival was, was, a, was a big deal. So like, and you can tell right off the bat, they're like so excited to watch these two lock up. I guess I'm kind of curious about maybe um, what you think might've been sort of like the expectational differences between a regular um title match between these two and a champions carnival match between these two do do you think people expected this to be one of the times where kawada could have finally gotten got his win yes um because in something like a g1 or a champion carnival setting it's it's rife with with like uh, you know upset possibilities because because people are always like thinking about, I mean, we do this today, you know, with like t- tournaments, we think about, well, if this guy upsets this guy, if this guy is a spoiler, then this will happen. This scenario will happen. This will lead into like, for example, the G1 will we'll lead into like Wrestle Kingdom's main event or what, what have you. So the possibility of Kawada finally getting that singles win um, over Masao is very, very, very high. And, and people been, been, been waiting for it. Like, I think one of the things people, sometimes forget maybe is that a lot of people were were behind Kawada's story of beating Misawa they they had they they wanted they wanted all the four pillars to like kind of you know ascend to Misawa's level including you know Kenikobashi and Akira Tawe and and so they were like but their their hopes I think rested more on more more on Kawada than the other two so it, it's it's a very I think you go into this it's a very palpable feeling that that you know fans have in this building of, of wanting to see Kawada win. 
So again, maybe like if we're using a modern analogy, this would be like Cody wanting to beat Roman Reigns really. Um, um, and, and not just even winning the championship, but specifically beating Roman Reigns for the championship. Um, but not even being able to um, beat Roman Reigns in any capacity over the course of, uh, you know, I don't know, several years. Um, and the Champions Carnival, and I, I guess also the G1, I guess is interesting in that it offers opportunities for these men to face each other um, out outside of just, you know, meeting that one time a year at a WrestleMania or something. Yeah. So, I mean, singles matches between these guys was, was, was saved primarily for Triple Crown time matches or possibly a Champions Carnival final. So that they meeting, they're meeting in the, the round robin por- portion of it was, was very significant. And that, again, I, I feel, you know, go, if we took, jumped into a time machine way and, and went to Okayama and looked at the lineups for when these tickets went on sale, I, I would imagine there was a pretty significant, you know, group of people waiting outside to, for the box office to open. 3,200, by the way, is the number that you wrote down in your own notes, WH. So you actually um, had this. Yeah, I, yes, I, 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 I got this information from our good friends over at Cage Match, but I don't know what the full capacity of this building is. So oh, I imagine it's, right. I imagine it's 3,200 people, 3,200 uh, 3, yes. people. So uh, let, let's, let's talk about like just the card. I like to like talk about put context to, to some of these uh sh- these matches by talking about what the other matches on the shows were uh so uh to start off we opened with uh masao inoue uh, taking on uh, kentaro shiga both guys are like low-level young boys at this point the and that was a nine minute 26 minute 26 second match next we have the uh, tag team match the super generation army consisting of satoru osako and siyoshi kikuchi taking on the team of Manukia Mossman, who would later become known as Taiokea, and Ryukaku Izumida. And the uh, Super Generation Army went over in 12 minutes, 44 seconds. A singles match sees uh, Jim Steele, then known as the Lacrosse, a masked wrestler, taking on Mighty Inoue and defeating him in 5 minutes and 24 seconds. Uh, tag team match, uh, the the old guy tag team comedy match, Roy, I, I'm sure a staple uh, uh of your enjoyable of your of viewing that you would enjoy i think very much uh haruka Aiken, aka the man who likes to spin to the crowd and masanobu fuchi who's still wrestling just celebrated his like se- like i forget what what his anniversary is he's like in his 70s way he's still wrestling and he just celebrated some great pictures of him with uh, uh great kojika who is the founder of big japan for wrestling who was an all japan wrestler at the t- and and asushi Oneida, who who famously masanobu fuchi uh, created the 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 Memphis uh, Stadium concession brawl stand with in 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 Memphis, I believe, with against the the Moon Dogs. I believe that was uh, who they made that match famous with. Uh, anyways, they took on uh, Mitsuo Momoda, the son of Ricky Dozan and Russia Kimura, in a match that's listed as 16 minutes and 31 seconds, which I'm sure felt maybe uh, twice as long because uh, these guys had fun in their matches and the the, the fans liked it like the comedy but come on these guys are way over there they're 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 you know sell date in my opinion maybe it's an amazing match have you actually seen it well i have not way i've only your favorite match the only russia Kamira match we have ever reviewed on this show was him and baba taking on uh hansen and tenru i think was it hansen and tenru yes 
Well, maybe if I get invited back onto this thing, maybe that's this is the maybe that's one that you're gonna want. You're gonna pick if it's on if it's on tape. We'll we'll, we'll see. We can we can look for it. Uh, let's get into the carnival itself. We have Doug Furness with four points defeating a uh, big Danny Spivey, who also has uh, four points uh, at nine minutes thirty eight seconds. Uh, Kanekabashi with ten points defeats Takao Omori, who has zero points at this point. Fourteen minutes 46 seconds akira tawe 10 points defeats young boy jun akiyama who had six points in 10 minutes and 26 seconds and then the the semi-main is a six-man tag team match giant baba stan hansen and yoshinari ogawa who is still wrestling to this day taking on the team and defeating dan danny crawford danny crawford johnny ace and the eagle in 14 minutes who's the eagle Johnny, the eagle was, I believe, uh, George Hines is the eagle. So he was also teaming with the Patriot. Uh, I I don't know if this is when the Patriot has left. All Japan, he's gone to the WBF. Maybe at this point in 1995. I think that's about right. Maybe 95, 96. Patriot is is gone from All Japan, and he's gone over to thing. the eagle. Yes, George Hines. I was right. All right. Very good. That's and a then, test. <clears throat> there you go. He he was one of the few wrestlers who stayed after the no exodus. There you go. And of course, that leads us to our main event, which we will talk about. Mitsuhara Masawa taking on Toshiaki Kawada. Both men have 13 points. They're tied way going into this match. So let's talk about the match itself. We start off and we see both men uh, circling one another and then they, they lock up. Masawa gets a side headlock, but uh, Kawada shoots him off, and Masawa hits the ropes and connects with a shoulder block that uh, Kawada absorbs, and then they they do the same spot again. Masawa tries for a third time for the shoulder block, but Kawada catches him with a boot to the face, and about a minute in, this is about a minute into the match way, and this is where Kawada breaks Masawa's orbital bone. Legit. Ooh, wow. <laughs> so a minute in, and and considering that they're going to wrestle for quite a while after this match, after this spot, uh, it's it's pretty amazing. So obviously, uh, Masawa tries for a spinning elbow, but Kawada blocks so let's, it. Let's let's stop there. I had no idea he broke his orbital bone in this match. Now, um, was this an existing injury? Was this nope. an injury that he would have um, later? Because I, I I guess I, I heard about a, an orbital orbital bone injury at some other point. Um, for him but okay so it makes sense why he would pause for so long after yes. this particular exchange yes so he he it obviously no this wasn't a pre-existing this is something that accidentally happened obviously kawada doesn't want to really injure his his opponent here so it's it's an accident that happens it, it, you know things happen when you work especially a style this stiff so Masawa's orbital bone has been broken. I don't think he realizes it because he does try for a spinning elbow that Kawada blocks. And I think that's the point where Masawa, it, it, he, he, he realizes, wait a sec, I, this, this really hurts. This section of my, my face really hurts. And, he's, and he pauses. Um, referee Kyo Iwata goes to check on Masawa. And you know, Kawada stands back because I think he can sense like, okay, this is not what we talked about. This is not what we were going to do. I'm just going to wait. And then, of course, you know, Kyo Iwata being, doing, you know, being kind of the, the backbone of reality in a wrestling match, being the referee, just says, wait off, wait there. I got to check on him. Um, and there, there's this prolonged period, at, you know, at least, it, <clears throat> excuse me, at least it feels that way for Masawa to try and get back to his feet and like, and, and 
and and kind of like you know let Kyoi Wada know like I'm okay and this is like when the the first real big uh Misawa Misawa chant breaks out because the crowd I think they're they're sensing what this doesn't seem like a normal part of the match and then you see Misawa in the corner kind of like getting his bearings trying to like suss out how bad he feels and there's a Makaya Mossman, like as a second, kind of like checking in on him as well. If you watch it on YouTube, you'll, you'll understand. But if you're just listening to audio, you know, like we're, we're looking at some photos that that Wei has like uh, screen captured to to kind of give context to this. Um, hmm. Let's see, and and then uh, Misawa, you know, finally decides to continue with the match Wei, and as he as you know that because he knows that if he forfeits this match, he will screw up the entire booking of the rest of the carnival. Yeah, not to mention, um, I guess this would have been a technicality to um, sub- somehow maybe close this very, you know, um, well-built years-long rivalry, but still would have thrown off a lot of very, very mm, careful plans. There's, uh, there's still pretty, you know, like about maybe like halfway through, if you consider like how many points each man has, you know, like at 13 each. So there, there's, there's not a, there's a point where like if he forfeits, then Kawada would get the advantage on him and that's not what's meant to happen because Kawada is the it, Masao is the one who has to go into the finals and and spoiler he goes into the finals against Akira Tawe so if Kawada wins this match it's it's going to screw up the entire booking and, and we'll talk about kind of the booking of both these guys uh towards the end but like it, it's Baba carefully planned this out to to talk to like make sure Kawada had the results he did and that, that Masawa had the results he did and, and especially Tawe had the results he did and this is like kind of like Tawe's kind of like you know part of his ascension in, as a singles wrestler so to for Kawada to like get the win over him by forfeit would would have like screwed all that up for Tawe as well and for their greater rivalry just with each other I mean um I guess you could always roll with the punches you know in pro wrestling but were there instances where real life injuries might have had them alter, um, you know, the um, I guess this this more of a sort of decade long feud? No, I mean Kawada broke his arm right in the match where he, in the Tokyo Dome match where he wins the title from Masawa. He he wrestled for another nineteen minutes or so with a broken arm. This is where he invents the Genzo bomb because he can't herk up, you know, Masawa fully into a power bomb. So he just yeah, I'm just gonna drop him on his head. It's the Genzo bomb. That's where it gets invented. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, no time off and um, new moves uh, as a result of these injuries. Well, that's good. Oh, you're muted, WH. They they lock up again, and where where I'm certain this is where Masawa has told Kawada, "Hey, I my eye is completely screwed up. Uh, be careful around this area of my face." And and so they they in which you see Kawada actually adjusting his style of, uh, to, to take care of Masawa and make sure he doesn't strike him there. Um, uh, they strike exchange. They, 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 they strike, uh, they do a strike exchange and Masawa sends Kawada to the outside. Uh, and, and, and Masawa though, like, I think he forgets he's injured because he insanely decides to do a plancha <laughs> and, and seemingly looks like he hits Kawada head first and eye first uh, as he's, coming down from the top over the top rope onto Kawada who's on the who's on the floor. So it's kind of funny. I think that he Masala himself probably told Kawada, hey, take care of me. But then he's like, that doesn't take care of himself. So mm-hmm. 
Well, you got to uh, get your shit in. Got to get your shit in. That's right. Uh, Masawa's uh, seconds on the outside take the opportunity to give him a cold compress to bring down what I imagine is the swelling around the orbital bone area. There's some more strikes. Chops from Kawada, elbows from Masawa. So they're trying to give the fans what they want to see, which is like a high-level match, a, like high-level exchange between these guys. Um, Masawa hits the ropes where you would and where you would normally see Kawada try his uh, jumping uh, Gamanguri kick to the face. He instead goes for a spinning arm bar to ground Masawa and thus avoid hitting Masawa's face and to kind of like, you know, like kill time, so to speak. So, you know, like when I first watched this match, I'm like, okay, he's going to hit him with like, he's going to jump up and hit him with a, the, the jumping kick to the face. He does not do that. More, normally you would expect that had to happen. He does something different because he has to work on the fly. He has to like now do something. Okay. We have to fill 30 minutes way. We have to fill, but what can I do if I can't hit him in the face? Well, I'm going to ground him. I'm going to let's, let's put on an arm bar. Let's, let's change the match up a bit. Very interesting. So you're saying all of this you believe is an improvised sort of section as a result of the injury? Yes, I I would imagine it is because like he he now Kawada now knows like I have to take care to not hit him in the face. Um, I don't want to make it worse. He has to continue. He has to continue. Masawa has to continue on in this tournament. He has to win the thing. So if he gets injured, if I injure him further, that's not good for the company because he is he is you know. You know, he, despite his own ambitions to become ace of this company and defeat Masawa, he's still a company man. He doesn't want to actually hurt anybody. He's a professional. So, um, Kawada takes the dominant position and applies a surfboard to Masawa. Masawa gets up and they spend a good two to three minutes killing time trying to smartly work around Masawa's injury. Kawada does go for the running high kick, but makes sure to hit the lower part of Masawa's face and avoid the, the orbital bone eye area. Uh, Masawa tries for a sleeper, but Kawada reverses into a backdrop driver because that that's okay. Way just drop someone on their neck; they're not going to hurt their eye. Uh, yeah, um, the, uh, <laughs> their their necks, I guess. Um, yeah, well, this was before though the the sort of like um, I guess. Well, you did have the Tiger Driver ninety one already by this point um, yes. from their prior match. But how how much were head drops? Um, I guess um, sort of relied upon. Oh, I mean, like for something like the backdrop driver, you know, it's a very common move to just do in a regular match. Like I felt, I think they felt, uh, you know, everyone in that company felt comfortable enough to take that. They trusted the person doing it to, to, you know, like do it safely enough where, you know, yeah, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to injure you. Uh, hopefully, um, ironically, un- unfortunately it is the move that actually ended the life of, of Masawa later on. Um, and uh but yeah at the time no you you think ah it's dangerous but it looks painful but it was very common no one no one at that time thought anything about like doing the move or or taking the move and even to this day it's a very 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 common move in in japanese wrestling and and in north american wrestling as well so uh kawada tries for a cover but masao is too close to the ropes and from here he rolls out to the floor uh, again, a smart move for Misawa and Kawada to do the backdrop driver spot at this point in the match as it gives Misawa the, the logical excuse to roll out and go to the floor, kill some time, like delaying it. So I I, I don't think, like my my hypo- hypothesis is that 
this this move was not meant to be this early in the match way. He he's gonna probably do it later because it is a match. Is a move you save for like maybe the crescendo of the match, not so early into it. But again, I think they're they're like working around his injury and like we gotta you know do things that make sense and kill time. Get get you know do as little contact as possible. You know, mm-hmm. but we still give the fans a a, a good match. So uh, Masao rolls in. Back into the ring, and Kawada immediately goes after his necks, uh, after his neck with kicks and a big knee drop. Again, working the match to keep Masawa's eye as safe as possible. Uh, Kawada then goes for a series of rest holds, including a, a front chancery and and the sleeper. And and then one thing I noticed is that you a lot of Masawa's offense that requires a degree of precision is off a hair. Or so because of his injury, he doesn't have the maybe the correct depth perception anymore. He can't see as clearly. So you know he he like some of the kind of moves he would do, like kind of strikes that require like things like from the top rope, are you know they don't look as precise, or he just doesn't do them at this point because he doesn't feel the confidence to execute them as as well as he would normally do. Hmm. Interesting. Has he? Have you read interviews or anything um, where maybe you've actually gotten some insight into for what what he was feeling at this time or anything mm-hmm. like that? No, Does a lot of exist? this. No, because one, like if they're if they exist, they're all in Japanese. They're not translated, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And and at this time, they're not really talking. You know, like revealing. Yeah. Secrets. Oh yeah, me and Kawada, we worked it so like he wasn't gonna hurt me anymore. They they weren't gonna talk about that at this point in, in mm. wrestling. So no, I this is just all my my uh, speculation, my 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 learned uh interpretation. That's correct. Uh Masawa is able to gain control of the match and sends Kawada to the outside, but instead of his expected spot of going for the elbow suicida, he instead just rolls out to the floor and, and whips Kawada into the guardrail so it's it's interesting like like he again like he doesn't feel the confidence to do something he would normally do at this point in the match and what you as a fan would expect he instead just plays it safe and smartly so i I don't i don't criticize any decisions either these men make in this match to to keep masawa as safe as possible Mm -hmm. uh masawa jumps onto the apron and and does a, a run off of it but uh, Kawada is waiting with a kick to the stomach. I'm not sure, exactly sure what he was going to go when he's running off the the apron to to what what exactly. Maybe maybe he's going to go for an elbow to make the fans happy. But uh, Kawada was like saying, "Nah, that ain't happening, bro. Here's a kick to your gut instead." Usually, I'm I'm assuming it's some version of a double axe handle, or uh, maybe he's just going to you know jump in, say hi or something, tap him in the head nicely. Well. With Masao, it's probably an elbow, probably a running elbow of some sort to the face. So uh, Kawada goes back into the ring and uh, and he's waiting for Masao to get back to his feet. Uh, when he does, Kawada does something I have never seen him do in a match before away, and that he does like this kind of weird somersault plancha. So he he grabs the ropes, he he hurls himself over the top rope, kind of like in a plancha. That um, he does a bit of a excuse me, he does a bit of a spin. That that thankfully misses Masao's face altogether, but does catch him in the shoulder, and I'm sure that sucked just as much as if he he did get hit in the face 
It wasn't the prettiest dive, um, but maybe memorable simply because it was Kawada doing it, and I suppose impactful enough to get. A I, I don't think I don't think he's done it before, to my knowledge, and I certainly don't recall ever seeing him doing it afterwards. So this is like the first time I've ever seen him do a kind of move like this at all. So, do you believe this was also uh, an improvisation as a result of the orbital injury, or was this something he just was just like, "Hey, I'm just gonna dive. Why not? Yeah, you know, this match is already going to shit anyway." Um. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think he's probably just like thinking. Uh, let me try something different, like just to <laughs> All right. maybe feel, try to save the match, salvage the match in his in his opinion, maybe. So why not, yeah. right? It just try it. It's in Okayama. It's it's even though it's televised, it's not in Tokyo. So like maybe he feels <laughs> if I fuck this up, I'm not 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 too many people are, are going to notice it. Um, Kawada tries for a par- power bomb on the floor, but Masawa blocks it, and then Masawa then goes for and hits. A tiger driver onto the floor. Again, Wade, this is so smart because now uh, you're giving them as a dangerous looking move, a tiger driver, not the 91, just the regular one, the, the back bump one. Uh, it looks great and it pops the crowd and yet gives both men a logical reason to kill more time because both men now have to recover from the move. Kawada from taking it and Masao from delivering it on, on, on the floor, coupled with like kind of the damage he sustained earlier from Kawada in the match. Do you feel like um, the King's Road style kind of like lends itself to this sort of um, like maybe slower pace anyway, um, where there's a lot more emphasis on just like, you know, recovery and and taking your time in between the moves to sell um, and then going for like, you know, your big sort of impactful moments um, peppered in between. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, the King's Road, I feel, is very much based around, like, a logic of of selling moves, um, of telling the drama through, like, guys overcoming, you know, the damage. Injuries they, like this. Injuries and the damage and the pain that they're sustaining throughout, throughout the match. And so it makes a lot of sense that fans aren't going to be, like, thinking – you know, oh, they're just doing the. He did that to kill time. They're thinking, oh my god, he fucking hit him with a tiger driver on the floor. This is like, and in, in, in the tiger driver, you know, even the regular version is still considered like a devastating move. Like for for lesser opponents, it would be something that Masawa would win with, right? Mm-hmm. Against Kawada, Kobashi, or Tawe, or Stan Hansen, not so much anymore. But it would it would be doing enough damage that they would be like hurting from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Masawa, Masawa rolls Kawada back into the ring and goes for a pin, but only gets a two count. Uh, Masawa shoots Kawada into the ropes and tries for a t- tilt-a-whirl, but completely botches it due to not being able to see better. So this is, again, one of those moves that he, he would normally hit probably 100% perfectly and it would look beautiful, but he does not because he probably mistimed co- catching Kawada coming off the ropes because of his injury. It was a very notable blemish from these two in the body of this match. Maybe the most notable one, um, uh, unless you might want to consider the sort of um, kick to to the head uh, at the beginning, maybe a botch. But this was maybe one of those uh, very perhaps rare instances where you're like, okay, that was not the way it was supposed to look. But they don't just redo it. They just, you know, keep, keep again, just, just keep the pause, kind of reset as if it was just, you know, a normal occurrence. And then they just roll with it. Yeah, and, and so Masawa he goes for um his spinning lariat off the off the ropes and he gets a two count off that. 
they then start going off, going for their finishers and signature strikes, including stiff elbows uh, from Masawa and Kawada kicks to the forehead that definitely avoid the, the orbital bone area. So he's aiming for his forehead area. And I, I feel like my, my, my um, kind of, you know, uh, you know, theory is that, you know, now Kawada's like, okay, you know what? I, I feel confident that I'm, I'm going to do some of my signature strikes, including the Kawada kicks. I'm not going to hit him in the, in the eye. So I'm going to go for them. So, uh, there's another flurry of strikes that Masao wins with his uh, what the what the announcers call the kibishi elbow, which you know kibishi basically translates to being means like uh, strict. If you say someone is kibishi, it means they're strict. They're they're like uh, you know they're not they don't compromise things like that. So which you can say is also being stiff. So this is they're saying the kibishi elbow means stiff elbow. This is actually the first time I've ever heard it called. Hmm. A kibishi elbow. So that was kind of kind of fun to uh, listen to and think. Oh shit, that, that makes sense if you translate it from Japanese into English. Well, what what exactly is the visual distinction of the, this kibishi elbow versus a regular elbow? Is it the charging one, the one? No, that so this one is just him, like kind of like rearing back with uh-huh. his elbow and just you know putting a bit more oomph onto it. You know what I mean? Like versus gotcha. like there's the um, there's a series of ones that he does like. They're just like kind of the, the precursor to like just hit mm-hmm. you really fucking hard. This is the one where he hits you really fucking hard. This is the knockout shot. It's yeah. the knockout shot. It's what like if, if you're like, for example, you know, Chris Hero, who mm-hmm. adopted a lot of the strikes of Misawa, like that's his knockout elbow. That's the one mm-hmm. he's like, you know, 15 minutes into the match and he's like hitting someone with it to, to, to try to win the match or get to setting up for his finisher. Uh, we get to the point in the match where Kawada feels comfortable, like I said, and confident enough to start doing strikes around Masao's face and, and being able to protect him. These include a running kick to the face and he does uh, a step up Gamanguri. So Masao is in the corner. Kawada runs in, jumps on the second rope and then kicks him in the face, um, which, you know, probably he wouldn't have done five minutes earlier. He saves it for now. Yeah, I He's feel, like, you've had five minutes to rest. All right. Your orbitable can take this now. Uh, Kawada goes for his folding power bomb, but Masawa rolls through it into a pin attempt for two. Really nice looking uh, reversal by Masawa there. Uh, Kawada tries for the stretch plum, one of my favorite submission moves, but uh, Masawa rolls through. Uh, Masawa goes for his face lock, but Kawada rolls through that. Uh, Masawa hits the ropes, but Kawada meets him with the lariat for a two count. Um, Kawada uh, does finally apply the stretch plumb to Misawa. And uh and and if 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 you're on the YouTube you're seeing this image of uh of Kawada putting it on Misawa and it, it does look like he's got you know one of his arms wrapped around the eyes and orbital area of Misawa. But but he's not obviously he's such he's such a great worker Kawada. Like he knows how to make something look super super painful but it's probably just a little painful. I guess we won't necessarily know, you know, I mean, um, what's a little painful, I guess, to Mitsuharu Masawa. Exactly. You know, he's endured so much of it in in his career so far. Like his little painful would be completely crippling for you and I. I That's, that's probably true. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, or most wrestlers who aren't Mitsuharu Masawa. So, uh, a Masawa call starts up from the crowd. 
Kawada tries for another power, power bomb, but Masawa blocks it and hits a series of elbows, including the rolling elbow. Uh, Masawa hits an underhook suplex and then tries for a tiger suplex, but Kawada ain't having none of that because that's a move that could end this match for him. Uh, Masawa gets his face lock on, but Kawada won't give up. And now we get a Kawada call from the crowd way. Like they're now like they're, 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 they're getting into Kawada's perseverance and his guts and they're, they're, they're showing their support for him. Uh, Masawa hits a frog splash for a two camp and Kawada uh, at this point, smartly rolls to the floor. Masawa follows him out, throws him back into the ring and ascends to the top rope and jumps off probably for another flying elbow. But Kawada meets him with a kick to the guts again. Uh, Kawada hits a couple of double stomps to the gut of Masawa, like something that you don't normally see. He's kind of doing the, like the Finn Balor coup de gras almost mm-hmm. here. And, um, and again, not something you normally see from Kawada. He's probably like, okay, maybe I'll just work on a different part of his body. Uh, Kawada, how, how much of a sort of high flying offense did he have earlier in his career? Kawada, mm-hmm. uh, not that much. He's always been more of a a grounded wrestler. Like he, you know, like he does a lot of jumping kicks, right? Uh, but he's not not really known for going to even the second rope, let alone the top rope, right? To, to okay. execute moves. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's more like Masawa and 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 Kobashi. They're mm-hmm. more like kind of the flyers of the heavyweights. And, so this and guy was just all of a sudden like now in 95, he's just going to be like, I'm, I'm doing uh topic on heroes and I'm going to do these double right. stomps. Just why not? You know, he might've gotten a, 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 a rash of tapes from, from Mexico and, and started watching Lucha yeah. this time. I, I have no idea. Hmm. Um, uh, Kawada finally gets Masao up for his power bomb, but instead of doing the, the folding pin version, he, he, he kind of jerks Masao up. And tosses him forward, which I, I I don't recall seeing that often him doing that. Cause like and then I'm like, wow, what what went on there? And then you just hear Masawa land with this thud. Like hmm. he just hits the ground. It's just like that's that's not good. But again, trying to do I think trying to do something different to like okay, like maybe make this match look, you know, make kind of like, you know, and make it better. Because maybe both men feel like we you know, like this is not going how we planned originally. We're we're gonna have to we have to make it on the fly. Maybe they don't feel they're happy with it, so they just got to do things that make it look a little bit better, including like just hmm. throwing you know power bomb him him like a release power bomb, which hmm. you don't normally see uh, Kawada do. Uh, Kawada is able to get a two count out of this move, uh, and, but uh, Masao kicks out. Obviously, Stretch Plum is put back on. There is another extense, intense exchange of, elbow, of blows, and the ring announcer tells everyone five minutes remain in the match. So I, I, I don't feel like when this point comes way, like for me, like like the delay spots at the beginning after Masawa first gets injured, it's noticeable. But everything they do after that to like quote unquote kill time, I don't feel feels like it it makes the match seem longer. So when he, when, when, yeah. when the announcer calls for five minutes, I'm like, Oh wow. 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. have already passed in this match. That's, that's, that's amazing that these two were able to work around this injury and still give the fans uh, a match because they're into it. They're, they're, they're liking this match. They're, mm-hmm. they're loving it actually. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't have known that really anything was the matter. Um, 
I guess I would have just interpreted that opening sort of delay as like uh, a, a unique way to sell maybe a, a, a bigger story or at least this opening flurry that um, might have, you know, hurt a bit more than, than usual. But the rest of the match I thought played out exactly as, as I think I would have expected, you know, in terms of at least quality, other than maybe the, uh, the, the Tilt World Backbreaker botch. But beyond that, like there's really nothing that mattered to my eyes. The the uh, tension now is even more palpable as the crowd really wants to see some kind of definitive result. And I, I think they want to kind of hope to see, you know, Kawada win. But I mean, there's I, that's probably maybe it's a split crowd. Half of them want to see Kawada win. Half of them want to see Masawa get a singles win over Kawada. And was this always the case, like throughout their, their history in, in singles matches? Or, or has Kawada, had Kawada by this point um, garnered? maybe that much more equal support no i think misawa is like he's he's still at the peak of his popularity like where fans haven't necessarily you know turned on him so to speak mm-hmm. that they wanted they're like tired of him or anything like that they there is i think there's a significant portion of the fans in all japan across the country who they want to see misawa beat everyone they want to see misawa r- remain dominant um they're not necessarily mm-hmm. against kawada they're not, but then yeah, they're just they're just pro Masawa. Mm-hmm. They you know whether it's Kawada or Kobashi, Stan Hansen, Steve Williams, yep. whoever they just want to see Masawa win because like know, they, they love him. They, they love him. Like he's he's providing them with so much like entertainment. They want to see the streak continue. That's right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Tiger Driver is hit again, but Kawada kicks out. Uh, there's a Tiger Suplex with a bridge, but K- Kawada kicks out of this. This is now the crescendo of the match way. Like they're now like just going for it. Like Masao is just mm-hmm. trying to hit all his finishers. He even tries for uh, the Tiger Suplex 85, which is the sleeper sleeper hold version of the Tiger Suplex with the bridge that that usually gets a pin. But Kawada, you know, he grabs onto the ropes and holds onto them for dear life. Um, from here, Kawada is able to hit a desperation uh, jumping Gamanguri for a two count. And, and then we hear there's two minutes left in the match. Uh, Kawada then just decides, I'm going to go into overdrive. He hits a vertical drop brain buster for a near fall. And this crowd buys it. They thought this is it. He's, he's beating him. But no, Misawa. Masawa kicks out. Uh, Kawada hits a folding power bomb, but Masawa barely is able to kick out of that. Uh, another backdrop driver is rolled through by Masawa. So instead of hitting it, uh, you know, Masawa is, is able to escape it, but Kawada hits a spinning back kick to the jaw uh, in retaliation for him not being able to hit the backdrop driver. Uh, Kawada tries for another backdrop driver, but then the bell rings and we have a time limit draw away at 30 minutes, uh, 29 of which Masawa wrestled with a broken orbital bone. That is insane. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I feel like um, I was just kind of enjoying this match maybe as um, not as the sort of exhaustive, maybe epic, you know, um, main chapter, but like as an in-between chapter between their actual title defenses. Um, I thought this was um, just a really excellent, you know, 30-minute match. And um, how could it not be when you're talking about, you know, perhaps the greatest rivalry in all of, all of wrestling, but with both men in, in the middle of their primes. Um, I didn't even know about the orbital injury, and that completely seems to maybe recolor, um, I think, my my interpretation of it. 
so incredibly impressive that um, they managed to pull this off based off of, you know, something that intense. So uh, I I really enjoyed the match with Steven as a whole without understanding the backstory. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if you were to see this, like if you're a fan in Okayama, not used to getting like big matches necessarily, but just getting basically a house show, like you get this, you get first it's announced. So your expectation is probably pretty high that you're going to get an excellent match. And then, you know, obviously something is wrong with Masao, but he he toughs it out and he still gives you a really great performance, especially, you know, put into context that he is injured. And it's a serious injury, like having a a broken face, essentially mm-hmm. not being able to see probably out of one eye is like like to, to, for him to like tough it out. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, one thing I will say, like, I think I really get the feeling this was meant to be a Kawada match like he was he was meant to dominate most of this match um because he wasn't going to win the actual carnival tournament uh but having a dominant performance against masawa in the round robin turn portion of it uh in a draw would have been very beneficial for him uh for the rest of 1995 and going into 1996 but uh he wasn't able to get that i i, I mean i think he'll still think like especially the last five minutes he is very very dominant he is basically hitting all his finishers mm-hmm. on masao masao is barely kicking out he's still kicking out but he's barely kicking out so kawada looks like he's like on fire in the the last segment of this match and i i think it's 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 a, it's a great performance from him yeah i mean for me i was just mainly focused on um the audience sort of um interaction towards the end of this match and you could see them starting to like stand up you know a lot of people as um they were heading towards uh the the final moments of the match you can certainly hear the intensity of the crowd um continue to grow louder and louder and when you think about sort of the context of the 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 chase uh you know of Kawada potentially finally beating Masawa uh, and what it meant for these people at the time i it, i'm sure it was very similar to you know the feeling that they um that the Undertaker streak was about to be broken or something like that. Um, that sort of like feeling of this being more than just the result of this particular evening, but of a, of a years long story at this point that might've seen its culmination and every near fall that might've teased that was going to get a big reaction. For sure. For sure. And then going into, you know, if you look at the carnival as a whole, um, these guys are pretty much equal. Like they're tied at 13 points each going into this match they're, and they're pretty much even if you look at the overall like chart like say on wikipedia of the results of this tournament they're they're even except for one thing and that is again something i mentioned earlier the fact that kawada's tag team partner in the holy demon army akira tawe pinned kawada in their match but masao went to a draw with tawe and and thus tawe was the spoiler for Kawada's chances of getting in to the finals, which is, I think is like pretty, pretty interesting matchmaking because it's like, well, does Kawada, is this going to affect their tag team partnership? It doesn't, it does not, but it, it's, it's a really, if you're a fan of like figuring out, you know, points and like the booking and things like that, which I know, I know, you know, our, our mutual friend, John Pollock is, is big into that. Like, this is, like, something that would have, I think, you know, he would, if, at the time, if we were watching it in real time, like, he would have been like, oh, my God, like, fuck, Tawai beat, you know, Tawai beat Kawada, but Masao went to draw. What's going to happen? So it's it's a really interesting 
thing that Baba did by by having Tawei be be the spoiler for for Kawada here. And did that result in any sort of uh, feud between the two? No, no, no. Between what Tawei and Kawada? No, no, no. They they continued teaming up until the the Noah Exodus. So it was it so was fine. so it was just done for what? I, I think just for the fans to be for for to push Tawei. I think more than anything else to give Tawei. Uh, a big rub because he would be the one who would go into the finals with Masawa in a match. Masawa would win. Uh, Masawa would then face Stan Hansen on May 26 in Sapporo in Hokkaido and, and, and lift the triple crown championship for his second time with that belt uh, belt. Sorry. Uh, 1996 is an interesting year for Kawada way because like he, he unfortunately, you know, went public with his like uh you know his his criticism of all japan's isolationist theory mm-hmm. um you know they're put not theory policy their isolationist policy that baba did not want to work with other groups he just wanted to keep all japan with all japan wrestlers fighting all japan wrestlers he didn't want to work with fmw or uwfi or anything like that but Kawada was really critical of this because he's saying, like, look, you look at all these all this money New Japan's making doing mm-hmm. the UWFI program. Why don't we do something similar? But here's the thing, Way, you do not criticize your boss in public. So mm. nineteen ninety six would would see Kawada kind of being on Baba's bad side, kind of being uh, so to speak, in the doghouse. And and you 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 see like, you know, um, Kobashi gets a run with the Triple Crown. I think also Tawei gets a run with the Triple Crown. And uh, you, I, I would imagine that, you know, if he didn't say anything, that 1996 would have been the year for Kawada to, to maybe get that elusive one. Who knows? Like, hmm. that's just my theory. Uh, instead of waiting another maybe two, three years <laughs> to finally <laughs> get the win. Over his eternal rival, so it's it's an it's an interesting like history is is like is really interesting to look at with Kawada because so much of his story is tied up with trying to beat Masawa and and like you really want to make Kawada on a level with Masawa pro- probably in this point in his career in 1990, 1995, 1996 because you know you you can't just rely on Masawa. It's it, I think. You, 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 if you have at least three guys, Misawa, Kawada, and Kobashi being guys that can be headliners, be the guys who are the triple crown champion, be your aces, like have three aces instead of just one, it's better for the company overall. Cause if like one guy gets injured, okay, someone else can step in and it won't affect the box office. But you know, like ba- Baba didn't think like that, unfortunately. He, he waited too long to like elevate the other like Kobashi and Kawada in my opinion. And so you, you do see kind of like it affect box, box office when Masawa does get injured for prolonged periods of time. And, you know, he has to come back earlier than maybe he would want because he feels the responsibility to, 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 to the, the welfare of the company as a whole. So if, if Kawada actually, you know, didn't say those things, maybe ended up having that run in 96. What, um, effect do you think it might have had on um you know all japan post noah exodus if any uh 
not much because I mean he does get he does get the win over Masawa in in, a, in, a, in an epic match, and but unfortunately he doesn't hold the triple crown. Be, you know, for a long time he has to vacate it because he broke his arm in the match. So he wins the title for Masawa, but he doesn't have a a long ring with it, unfortunately. And soon after, you know, Baba does pass away. You know, so who knows? And then Kawada Masawa is the Booker before the Exodus, and you know his his guy is Kobashi. The person he wants to to ascend to his throne is not Kawada. It's it's Kenna Kobashi because he's because they're mm-hmm. better friends at this point. Like they're not, you know, by that point they're not really on good terms anymore. Kawada and Masao <laughs> because of the rivalry, the legit rivalry they had behind the scenes as well as in, in front of the camera. So it's, it's an interesting thing to look at. It's always a fun time for me to like talk about Masawa versus Kawada in any context, because it's, if, if history were a little bit different, if Kawada made, you know, it's like sliding doors. It's like, if he, if he just didn't miss that sliding door, he might've become on a, a higher level than he was. And which is not to, you know, like, uh, downplay his significance to the company because he's he's still considered probably um you know tied with kobashi you know as second most important wrestler outside of masawa in in this time period um but he does get the win in on in, on, in june in the tag mm-hmm. match he gets his first win so that's why i th- i think 96 was going to be the you know the year that he gets everything because I think that match, that tag match, is the primer for for the pushing of Kawada in, in you know 1996. Mm. All right, and 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 with that, we will wrap up this match uh, and 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 the show as a whole. But uh, wait, thank you again for taking time out of your busy schedule. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, my friend. Thank you for having me. What an honor and what a privilege. Um, I. I hope uh, people learned something from you. I certainly did, WH. So thank you very much. And and uh, you know we will have uh, MCU later returning uh, soon uh, with yeah. reviews of Echo. Actually, WH, this uh, MCU later has already already returned because as it, uh, as, as we were speaking, this is uh, currently um, January the twenty sixth, and people will know that MCU later's. Um, return took place last friday with episodes um one and two of echo being reviewed this tonight uh i should say um mcu laters um episodes three and four of echo will be reviewed in the post wrestling cafe and and a great job you two did well thanks see here's the thing because (laughs) you know way actually has the keys to the the time machine i don't so he's able to go into the future and and listen to all the podcasts and ahead of time so what, what do you mean what do you mean you mean the past you mean i just have a better memory than you uh no i i, I refuse to admit or acknowledge that way i just say you have a time machine you and john have time machines you don't do it for bad things you don't you don't go kill terrible world leaders in the past or or get the lottery the, the lottery numbers for the lotto max for 70 million dollars you don't do any of that stuff but you just we use listen it to, to post wrestling podcast. That's right. Yeah. You keep you keep the site and the podcast on track. That's that's the altruism of both Way and and John Pollock uh, with their with their advanced technology and time <laughs> travel. But anyways, uh, I want to thank all 
the 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 fans for supporting the show into going into our our fourth year um i'm hoping to have like some really cool new guests like way on on the show this year as well as some incredible returning guests and and talk about some big matches we still have tons of big matches i have not yet talked about the the 94 masawa kawada match that that we have referenced in in this review there's that there's the the Kikuchi Kobashi versus the Can-Ams match we have yet to talk about. Maybe that's this year. Maybe I'm saving it. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll and see. The Russia Kimura match. You have not. The, uh, well, uh, wait. Uh, you biography. go look for it. You go look for it. And then if you find that match from this show, if it's televised, you will. will if you want to come back, you want to review it. I'm more okay. than happy to do that with you, my friend. Let me let me just say, I continue to be. Uh, this is me being serious now. I continue to be a uh, uh, very sort of. Uh, I, I, I really am able to admire, you know, especially being here on this side, um, how much detail you're able to get into just with this 30 minute match. I mean, I'm used to doing maybe like an hour and a half podcast off of a three hour show, but WH, you know, and, and this is the type of style of wrestling that sort of uh, is very conducive to, to this sort of podcast where you, you are able to pick up on details of every single interaction. And that is very uh, impressive. So even if I did find this match um, with Russia Kimura, I'm, I'm sure we can go five hours talking about it. Well, no, my voice would probably give up by then into hour one, as it might be doing right now. But it, it's a challenge. You go, you go look for the match way. I leave that to to, to your, right. your 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 capable hands and uh but thanks to all the fans for supporting the show uh thanks for you know buying the t-shirt still it's, it's still selling way hey it's you the know. biggest seller over at store.postwrestling.com so so yeah so uh, and uh you know got we got we got post perez coming out uh in february we got mcu later we got Big plans for this show, that show. A lot of my content here at Post Wrestling, a lot of big plans. And I can't wait to to, to reveal them slowly but surely to everyone. But until, until next time, thanks for the support, everyone. And until next time, I will say goodbye. Easter is just around the corner. And what better way to celebrate the spring season than with a Miki Couture Blanket? Whether you're gathering with family for an Easter egg hunt or just enjoying a quiet day at home, Minky Blankets are the perfect addition to your Easter festivities. Made with ultra-soft and luxurious materials, these blankets will keep you cozy and comfortable, while their stylish designs will add a touch of spring to your day. And with a wide range of colors and patterns to choose from, there's a Minky Blanket for everyone. So this Easter, make your day even brighter with a Minky Couture Blanket. Head to MinkyCouture.com now and find your perfect blanket just in time for Easter. Happy Easter from Minky Couture.